0: Episode 70 of Strange Brow Radio. I'm again your host, Hope Johnson. Thanks for tuning in, sharing, loving the show, and five starring it. All that stuff is so helpful. And I know that you know that, so we won't dwell on it. Thank you for listening. Also, thank you to the patrons at patreon.com forward slash Strange Brow Radio. We're going to delve down the Patreon road here in a moment, but. I want you to get ready for, I believe, installment number three, maybe four, of Ales and Tails. That's what we're doing today with Alex Whitcomb. And we have a surprise guest coming up as we're talking. Even surprised little old Alex there. So, more of that in a moment. I will tell you about that. But let's take a second here and talk about Patreon. We'll be right back. Okay, Patreon. Let's talk about it. What's the deal with Strange Brow Radio's Patreon? Well, I don't push it a whole lot because it's up to you whether or not you want to part with your cash. And that's what Patreon's all about. It's about uh, parting with your cash. In this case, three bucks or six bucks. And so what do you get? Well, first of all, if you sign up for patreon.com forward slash Radio, you can just do it for a one-time payment of three bucks. And there you will download whatever you want, as far as I'm concerned, get a load of it, look at it for three bucks. And so, for example, um, I just downloaded uh, about a two-hour video webinar that we did about Skinwalker Ranch and Sasquatch portals with author Tom Powell and retired Colonel Dr. John B. Alexander. That's up there. There's also the um, comprehensive medical report. We're calling the Dragoo-Taylor paper. And that is all about the um, evidence uh, pointing towards the Al Moon knee impressions. It's, uh, it's going to come out when the book's out. There's also an 11-minute audiobook teaser. I put a five-minute one out regarding the Al Moon Lab shared paranormal experiment. So there's uh, five more or six more additional minutes. Also, there's a members video with um, the director, a guy by the name of Alan McGargle, who did the uh, Bigfoot Alien Connection available on Amazon. It also details uh, some of the stranger things that have happened along the way. And Alan's world As talks about the Al Moon Lab. There's also some uh, exclusive members videos from field expeditions that we've done out and about there's also oh i'm going down the list here it's kind of obvious a couple soundcloud files there's a a tour of northern state mental hospital and i think that's about an over 45 minutes and there's some evp sessions in there and oh there's a really good couple interviews uh, on here episode 58 kindred encounters part one and two that is a, a really good episode, and I know you're going to like that. And then there's all the stuff at PodCastle, at the Manresa Castle. Uh, interviews with Mary Bethune, including some never-before-seen ghost stuff with a SLS camera. There's an interview with Scott Carpenter that I did about the Watcher Theory. Again, more uh, field experience stuff. And then one-on-one with Sonia Zohar and Rich Jermu uh, at the pub at Manresa Castle. It just goes on and on and on. Interview with uh, one-on-one with Ron Moorhead at the castle. That's definitely a good one. And then some, just some really offbeat stuff here that we've done uh, along the way here. A little small documentary on the lights phenomena. So for 3 bucks a month, take a look at it. If you don't uh, find anything you're there you like, you can just return it like you would something at the store. You just don't have to renew your membership. So for people that are putting three bucks in, they can get all that stuff. And then at the six dollar range, I'm doing um, a little news and review and adding some goodies for people that are paying six bucks more. So check it out at patreon.com forward slash Radio. Oh, also coming up here on April 18th and 19th that's this week for $4.99 Mysteries of the Elongated Skulls. 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, go to StrangeBowRadio.com, click on the Quarantine Webinars tab, and get a free ticket for Marcia K. Moore and researcher Brian Forrester talking about the mystery of the elongated skulls and ancient tech, and megalithic structures, and such. That's a three hour conference, 1 to 4 p.m. You have to have a ticket to get in. We're asking for a donation. The way you do that is go to Marcia's PayPal account. And donate $4.99. I uh, suggest donation of $4.99. If you can't donate anything, still come. The tickets are available. All you got to do is strangebrowradio.com. Go to the Quarantine Webinars tab. Click that. And it will take you into Zoom. And you will get a code. And if you can donate information on how to do that via PayPal with Marcia is on there. The day after that, on the 19th, Quantum Bigfoot Language. Ron Moorhead, Scott Nelson. Kick him back. And it's going to be a good time because I I talked to the guys uh, a couple days ago and uh, just went over how they were doing. And uh, there's some really cool stuff that they're willing to talk about. So you want to be uh, getting a ticket for that. That's $6.99. The way you get that is the same way. Go to strangebrowradio.com. Go to the Quarantine Webinars tab and click the Quantum Bigfoot Language Seminar and that one you have to have a ticket for. Six ninety 3 hours, 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Sunday the 19th. Those are the dates. Just go to strangebrowradio.com and go to the quarantine webinars and you'll see it there. It'll make sense. And you can get a hold of me if it doesn't make sense. Uh, strangebrowradio at gmail.com is how you do that. Okay. Without further ado, I need a drink. Hallelujah. Let's go to Alex Wickholm. And what we call ales and tails.
1: Goo
0: Alex, this is Tobe. Oh. How are you doing, man? Tobe, I'm not doing very well, man. Oh, he's got a touch oh. of the touch of the cold. No, coin. no, no. I've been in like strict quarantine. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm kind of
1: like uh, going like, a little loopy, mental. I just there's things in the trees and
0: oh, I don't know.
1: I, I think I'm going feral. <laughs> uh, I ate the neighbor's cat yesterday.
0: <laughs> the driftwood man is lost. It. <laughs> That's the that's, no, uh, the, it's, that's the sequel to your already demented program. The driftwood yeah. man has lost it. <laughs> <It's> God, <gone.
1: laughs> off the deep end of the beach for this boy. No, it's good out. It's good out here. I just spent a really productive day doing gardening and uh, building greenhouse yeah. and doing and uh, planting a whole bunch of seedlings. And, 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 oh man, satisfying day. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, is your plan to live off the fat of the land like uh, Jeremiah Johnson? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get the land nice and fat so I can just suck a lot of sweet (laughs) tea. (laughs) I'm
0: going to have to put a graphic graphic content warning on this episode already. I can feel
1: it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Cool, man. Well, uh, we got. How about you?
1: How are you doing?
0: We've got ourselves uh, good, man. I, I think gardening is the thing that's going on. Um, you know, if you're home, you have the chance to catch up on a lot regarding, you know, sitting back and watching Netflix. I'm guilty. We watched a couple of, um, oh gosh, we went through season three of Stranger Things, but then we also well, yeah. went knee deep in the garden as well. And yeah. we actually got a greenhouse going. And oh,
1: yeah, right
0: on trying to get a fountain. And the idea behind the pond or the fountain is that everybody loves the sound of the water, right? Especially totally. that, the trickle sound. And, yeah. um, odd note though, did you know that there was a NASCAR driver by the name of Dick trickle I did not know that. They're, they're really no. yes, and people call in and let <laughs> me know, email me if I'm speaking out of turn. But I think there was a guy by the name of Dick Trickle, and he Dick did. Trickle. Yes. Wow. Why?
1: I guess I guess if he was just going to go by Richard Trickle, people mm-hmm. would have ended up calling him Dick anyway. Yeah.
0: He just yeah. stuck with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope, so, I hope I hope he was a badass on the track.
0: That's right, and I hope he never. Yeah. Oh <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God <laughs> I'll keep that line <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's too late. I don't it's, I'm too yeah. lazy to edit this show so <laughs> I mean if people haven't figured out by episode 70 what they're in for then I haven't done my job so yeah totally yeah it's, it's all good. Whether or not you're going to stick around for the rest of the show is probably the question. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, the pond is coming together. I'm trying to make it look like an actual Pacific Northwest log jam. And so oh, cool. it's harder than one thinks. And it all has to do with a big enough pump. Cause you got to mm-hmm. have that water kind of gushing, and right now it's dick trickle all the way, man. It's not, <laughs> it's not it's not a, a flowing, gushing creek bed yeah. by any means. It's 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 kind of a sad trickle. It's got prostate Aww. issues. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> poor little pond. Well, is there going to be any remedies? Can you can you think of any remedies to that?
0: Well, I think it's going to take a bigger pump. Um, a bigger pump. So. Or maybe two pumps,
1: a bigger hose. Open up the flow. Mm -hmm. Uh
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, part of what we wanted to do today was uh, take a tour back towards, uh, you know, James and Tony's episode, uh, Into the Tree, and talk a little bit about that one, because uh, that was a pretty heavy episode, and it went all sorts of places.
1: Yeah, lots going on.
0: Yeah. There's a lot going on, and yeah. it's you know 100% authentic witness testimony, and you can't walk away from it thinking you know any of this is just coming off of you know the top of his head. For in fact, he got a hold yeah. of me after the episode had aired, and said, uh, you know, man, I sound like a crazy guy. And I'm like, dude, you don't sound, <laughs> like,
1: you don't sound like a
0: crazy guy. I, have you no. listened to the other you know 65 episodes before you? Uh, yeah. four years. And so I tried to reassure him, but, um, you know, it starts off with a Bigfoot story and it ends up in Santa Ria. And yeah. I started thinking about that before you got on the air with me and I was like, okay, now what are the themes here going on with the supernatural? It never is just, I saw a ghost and that was it. It's always, right, you know, little dribs and drabs and it takes time to talk to the witness you know, it takes it could take years to get this kind of information out of a person. I, we, you and I, only have the luxury of an hour and a half, maybe three hours at the most to do yeah. a lot of these, unless we do them in series or parts. But yeah. um, as he's going down the line, there, you know, the story gets a, a little bit more, you know, creepy. Obviously, and um, it started making me think of other things that we've spoken about, where the road just goes down and down to. I mean, once in a while, like when I was on the – doing the Bigfoot uh, conference last weekend with all the Squatchers, um, they were alluding to the rabbit hole opening up for them. And I was like, well, have have any of you guys ended up with Pan? And they all went silent. Oh, yeah. And nobody knew what I was talking about. I I fully – well, Tim Renner did. I fully expected other people to go, oh, you mean like Cernunus? You mean like a goat god? Baphomet? But I was like, you know, I was hoping that that would happen. It didn't happen except for Renner. But um, it made me wonder with Tony and James whether or not, you know, had I stuck around with that interview, would we end up with Baphomet? Would we end up with Pan? Would we end up right. kind of with the same – not that I've had a bunch of Pan stuff happen. I, I have not. But mm-hmm. the fact is, is that it has happened. And it was just like all the other stuff at Al Moon Lab. And I had to pay attention to it. Um, and I mean, you kind of remember the story a little bit, but I'll refresh yeah. the audience because I don't think. Yeah, I hearing. actually don't remember the story.
1: Okay. I, I think you told it to me, but uh, yeah, refresh okay. my
0: memory, too. Yeah. So we went to a uh, Swedish festival in the little town of Junction City, Oregon. This would have been 2019. And it was a hot summer day. We were going into Eugene for a couple of days. And on our way in or out of town, we stop in this tiny little town. And they have, you know, trolls running around and uh, Vikings. And, you know, they're serving uh, able skeevers and all sorts of things. And there was this little gal who had a little tiny booth, a bunch of craft stuff. And she had a bunch of clay ornaments and necklaces and brooches that she stamped or she carved into them little images well one of them was a fertility god and i'd never heard of sir Nunes at that time mm. that's one of the names for pan and i was like well that's kind of interesting looking there like it was really graphic and by the way sir nunus um, is a fertility god for a reason so you can imagine he's not walking around <laughs> he's not ashamed of them their parts and oh, no. um, he's all out he's all out yeah, and definitely not a Dick Trickle type.
1: No, no, uh, no, no. <laughs>
0: that's what I need. I need Sir Nuno standing over my there jam you there. Go. Oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta be careful what I'm asking for. Anyway, so I, <laughs> I, I get this brooch, and I put it inside one of my rock boxes. <clears throat> it's, it's got all these precious stones in it, and you know stuff to like sage and palisanto, and I keep it by my bed, and this little thing found a way of um, going, I think it came out of the box, and it was sitting by the bed with an acorn sitting next to it. So, oh, there, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you know anything about this image, if you look into this, right, there is this mm-hmm. really prominent acorn that is a part of Sir Nuno's crown. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I didn't take it out of there, but the other weird part of it is is that there's also um, a, a bracelet uh, that is called a torque, okay, yeah. and uh, Sir nunus is holding this torque and most of all of the things that it's depicted in, and I, I had a torque uh, that I'd been wearing since I went to Sedona. I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was just a, a copper, uh, you know, band, and, but no, it's very specifically looks just like this thing that Sir nunus yeah. holds. So there was this torque, there was this acorn, there was this pendant. And it kind of all just went towards this pan-type figure. So that was my connection with it. And it was enough for me to say, okay, something might be here. And then, of course, you get into uh, other people like what Renner's been through or the story of Hellier. Mm -hmm. It goes back to pan. What about you? Has it ever gone back to something like that for you? I've never asked.
1: Uh, It has never gone Gone back to Pan or Sharon, Unos. But you know, the weird, the funny thing was. Uh, now, when does it? When did this happen to you? The,
0: so this would have been thing. towards the s- end of summer, 2019, fall 2019. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, probably summer. Um, yeah.
1: Well. Interestingly, like, I've had it on the brain, like, this these past couple months, and and I had never heard of serendipitous before either. Um, I was going to go down to East Souk in May to do a, a sculpture, driftwood sculpture down there, and I just wanted something like that, you know, like pan-like or like, um, just this, like, fertility, god, you know, natural nature um and all i could think about was pan i was like well yeah pan's kind of i want something more like big and beefy and everything like that so i started looking up and it's like oh yeah there's oh certain you so oh cool and he's got his torque in his hand and like and so I, I i think i sent you the, the concept pick of, of uh, what i was uh envisioning but that's like it has come about in my personal life um, just in the past, like, uh, month and a half. But it hasn't been connected to any, any of the paranormal uh, other stuff that I've, uh, I've been uh, experiencing.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Sir Nunus, the Horn god, master of wild places and things, he was a mysterious Gaelic deity whose name is now used to refer to many nameless horned deities... Of the Celtic world. By the way, do you say Celtic or Celtic? I say Celtic. Me too. It's a hard C. Yeah. It's a hard C. It's um, a hard,
1: two hard Cs there.
0: Yeah. So um, anyway, in short, that's what it is. And I mean, if you look at the statues of him, he's not just an impish little, you know, goat god. Like he's Fabio. No, he's, with, you know, giant elk He's horn. commanding. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. A brute. Yeah. Um, so... That's uh that's my acquaintance with it. But getting back to uh, what we're eventually going to talk about here, James and Tony's uh, thing, you could sense that it was kind of going in a direction where there was this rabbit hole, and there's some you know thoughtful ground that I have to navigate because it's you yeah. know, when a witness is recalling a moment, you have to allow them to do it or not, and sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a beat when they're wrapping their mind around reliving that moment with a stranger, especially. Right. Yeah. So, yep. um, I was in delicate country, but then eventually we get to Santeria, but let's talk initially about the Sasquatch reporting and tell me your impressions of, uh, how the story began.
1: Uh, well, he was, uh, up fishing with his buddy, uh, but uh, now, what was the name of the lake? I can't
0: pronounce it. Uh, it like... I want to say Gemaldo, or it's you know definitely sounds yeah, fun. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, fishing at night uh, with his buddy at the lake, uh, he heard uh, his fishing rod um, drop, so he he kind of gets up. I don't think he was asleep at this point, uh, but his buddy buddy was in the truck. Uh, Angelo, I think his name was, and uh, yeah, he what does he hear a sound or something and looks and he sees, oh no, he sees, he sees a bear, right? He sees this bear, like taking a drink of water. He's like, oh yeah, bear. Hey bear. And he starts yelling at it. Hey bear. And then he, the bear doesn't do, any, do anything. And the, so he's like,
0: Hey bear.
1: And the bear stands up. And when it stands up, it doesn't stand up like bear. It stands up like a, uh, a Sasquatch. And oh, by the way, I love his pronunciation pronunciation of Sasquatch. He says uh, Sasquash.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> wonderful yes, Sasquatch.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, what, he he shines his light on it, and several weird things happen. So he shines his light, his hu- super bright LED light. Shines his light on it, and he instantly says, "He says he zoomed into it like a like a camera, right? And like saw the face and everything, and then zoomed back. And when he zoomed back, the Sasquatch took uh, like four or five like huge strides, very quick, and then just went into a tree, not behind it or in front of it." Or over it or around it But went into a tree And then it was gone
0: So yeah And I wanted to Really Do my best to Bring out the details of that moment There because I know what I Would think is that he misidentified The perspective And this thing walked behind The tree into the darkness Um, And so I wanted To make sure that the audience knew what he was saying because before yeah. that he was absolutely positive that this thing was walking into the bark of the tree. Right. So the big right. difference. Right. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. difference there.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Like when, uh, when he was talking about it, he's like, Oh no, it didn't go around. It, it didn't go over it. It reminded me of that old uh, camp song. Uh, <laughs> yeah going through the woods or something. Oh, there's a log. Oh, can't go over it. Can't go under it. Got to go around it. So yeah, the, uh, and I've heard similar stories from people up here. Actually, uh, one of the guys I was working with, um, had not, not a Sasquatch going into a tree, but, um, he saw it. It was a daylight sighting and, he could see it in the daylight, so when it passed the sunlight, he could see it, and then in the shadow, like when there was no sunlight, it would just like disappear, and he would, and he saw this thing going through the trees, and every time it passed into a sha- shade shaded area, it would disappear, so I, I don't know if that's related, but um, yeah, like what do you, what's your thoughts on this, like? Going
0: into the tree? You know, it goes to the weird sounds. It goes to this idea of what, um, you know, someone uh, brought up to me a couple years ago about a telluric energy field uh, concept where things are utilizing earth energy to transmit or interact uh, you know in a in a power source of some kind and a tree is kind of like a standing rooted antenna i mean it's a grounded it is. energy field rooted into maybe some kind of i don't know quartz or magnetic structure underneath it um it's it's an out there theory but uh, and it has
1: water water know, flowing it, through it and uh, uh-huh. electric current just like us you
0: know Right, yeah. and don't let us forget to talk a little bit later about the uh, portal. Oh uh, that yeah, you and I made, yeah. and uh, we both did the ribbon cutting ceremony. But we'll we'll get to that. We're trying to make our own energy field right now on our properties and see if we can get anything going on. But so he sees this, it walks into. Hello. Oh, the dog agrees. It walks into yeah. the tree, and then he goes down and talks to the park host. The park host is, uh, you know, pretty on the spot with the look on his face and, and guesses yeah, yeah. exactly what has happened. Have You ever oh, you had... saw Bigfoot, did you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah. Now, have you ever had anybody um, or have you ever guessed at what happened to somebody in the same way that this park host did just by the expression on their face?
1: Uh, the closest I can say is is uh, with my experiences with Colin uh, who I, who I experienced uh, all that strangeness out in hope um, it, I got to know him pretty well um, a, a good friend and when strange stuff happened and I knew I knew he saw something strange I was like dude you you just saw something strange and he would just pass it off as like nothing like oh that was just a shadow from a car or or oh it was just a really tall dude and I'm like no 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 you you're no you saw something didn't you and I would slowly tease it out of him you know and and we figure out that you know back and forthing like oh yeah no there was an actual eight foot tall shadow passing 15 feet in front of us that passed a lit window in the house you know it wasn't a shadow from a car or like no that wasn't some tall lanky um here's a quote from him tall lanky motherfucker that wasn't a tall lanky motherfucker like basketball player following us back from the beach that was like a a friggin' like Slender Man character, like that that guy that thing was nine feet tall, dude. He's like, holy shit, it was. So, yeah, th- those are my kind of experiences uh, closest to that.
0: Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I've I've seen that look before in a couple other people's faces. Uh, one of the guys was uh, uh, Todd, who I interviewed regarding his encounter up in a place called French Pete. And I found him the next day after he'd left this area where there's a, a missing kid uh, that was actually, you know, they found his remains up there three years later after right. he went missing. But, he, you know, I here I am in the same area hiking around, squatching up there. And then I see Todd uh, coming down the road out of nowhere. He'd just done an overnight in this really random uh, remote area looking for this dead kid. And uh, is that
1: the dude with the dragon wagon? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He
0: he had that look on his face like uh, he had definitely had a spell. And, um, you know, it's an unmistakable look of awe, exhilaration, trauma, all mixed into one. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, James even mentions that before uh you know the the interview, well after he has his experience with seeing this he talks about this adrenaline dump that uh, happens to him you know it's a it's a feeling of mm-hmm. excite, excitement and foreboding and uh I don't know can you relate to that
1: uh in terms of my personal experiences or, yeah uh, or i like mean i see other others?
0: well this uh this adreno dump that happens to males generally
1: oh I can I can definitely relate to that with some of my experiences for sure. You know, um, well, the whole, whole experience that was all like full-on adrenaline for me. You know, I never, I never felt scared at the, at a single point. It was just like pure, pure adrenaline. And uh, yeah, I think that was <clears throat> kind of why I, I, was so, I felt so confident out there. Was, you know, like fearless. You know, here I am. You know, running you know one kilometer down a a completely dark train track and and yelling at the top of my lungs for my friend and I'm just like just absolute no fear 100% confidence just barreling into a situation that I have no idea what's happening I have maybe some clue that it might be Sasquatch but I have no idea all I know is like full-on adrenaline and my friend's in trouble so
0: before we go on, I've kind of uh, screwed up the beginning of this show. What uh, what's your beer of choice today? What kind of crappy <laughs> a, a crappy oh. sweet beer do you got? Sour beer? Are you drinking? <laughs> no,
1: no. You know what? I really wanted to go out to the grocery store and get a nice, you know, you know those nice cool beers with the cool, you know, paranormal themed labels that I like to, you know, uh, review on the show. But uh, I'm just uh, really – I'm going into the grocery store like once a week now and, and not even going in. I'm, I'm doing all my, all my grocery store uh, purchases online. I'm just like sending them emails and e-transfers. and just like, okay, pick it up at the door. So, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we've got an Ailes and Tails coming up. Oh, shit. I can't get a really cool beer this time because I'm not going to go to that grocery store just for one beer. So I am <laughs> I am drinking a lukewarm because I have no refrigerator. I've had, no, not had a refrigerator for the past uh, 10 months. Well,
0: I'm that's drinking what, a... That's, what, <laughs> what? that's a fact I didn't know. So, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, I was... I was camping from May till October um, at uh, at a local campsite. And then I got into a cabin here, which doesn't have anything. It's just a room. So I set up a hot plate and I had a cooler. And it's it's just like <laughs> indoor camping for me. I wasn't,
0: you know, I'm not. Uh... We need to start an Alex Whitcomb uh, refrigerator. <laughs> A campaign of some kind here. <laughs> just a mini fridge. with A fine. little mini fridge, yeah. <laughs>
1: but now that the weather's been getting warm. See, it was, okay. it was fine in the winter. I just kept my stuff outside. Cool.
0: Oh, now I get so it. I Your know. beer's actually fine when you get it, but then it goes bad because no refrigeration. So these are yeah. sour beers yeah. by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different
1: kind of fermentation there. So, yes, I am drinking a slightly cool pacific pilsner um from pacific western brewing company prince george bc it's uh i don't know it's it's pacific pilsner (laughs) what do i say i know (laughs) it's
0: It's a good beer
1: it's a beer it's It's a beer. beer all right yeah it's just a beer what do you got
0: so I am uh, back up here with a uh, Kilter's Irish Death Dark Smooth Ale. It's it's like a Guinness with a bite. Uh, it's a good compromise uh, between, oh. you know, Guinness and uh, a darker beer. I'm not really uh, into anything that's too stouty. If you haven't mm-hmm. heard this by now, I'm a lightweight. Generally, mm-hmm. like two beers, and I'm already kind of, you know, feeling tipsy and, uh Feeling good. And then the, the sleepiness will come in and I immediately have to get a coffee ready or, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of anison waiting for me uh, over there. Or, on the...
1: or go see a Sasquatch and get an adrenaline dump.
0: There you go. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> get
0: chased around the block by Sir Nunu's, Something like
1: yeah. that. <laughs> Try my acorn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Try my egg. Ac- that sounds like a beer. I'm sure there is an acorn beer. Yeah.
1: With
0: a big old Cernunus logo on it.
1: <laughs> so, oh, back to the Cernunos thing. If
0: mm-hmm. I could just okay.
1: backtrack there. Do were it. you live? were you living at a place where there was acorns or was just acorn randomly show up?
0: No, no, there was there's no acorns out here. But the way things work out here at the property that we call the Al Moon Altar is that yeah. sometimes things will show up from collected items that you have stored away. Um, so this most likely was an acorn from a storage box. Now, generally, uh, it's these okay. cedar balls that get taken and moved around and they'll get them out of well there's only six drawers where these you know cedar balls are it's in the shirts and socks and underwear drawer mm-hmm. and you know they just smell like cedar and yeah. they go outside sometimes of uh, meaning underneath a ceramic frog as late as last week or get moved yep. uh you know uh, out into the forest sit on top of stumps uh, or they'll be put next to other round rocks that look like a cedar ball these are you know fossil rocks that we collect that are perfectly round like little tiny uh golf balls but then we get golf balls too right like because there's golf balls uh that have been uh there was you know a guy that rents up from us that before we lived here turned the forest into a fairway and he would smack golf balls into the woods oh, so okay yeah once in a while you'll find a golf ball in an interesting spot you know and um so that's the kind of activity we have, you know, have going around here. Now, in, in the case of, you know, the Bigfoot activity that James and Tony are describing, um, they never describe anything like having that kind of interaction. Uh, no, no. But that's my familiarity with it is once you get involved with the subject matter, it tends to, you know, spiral pretty quickly if you look into it and if you... And if you feed it. If you're open to it and fit, literally sometimes. Yeah. Right? yeah.
1: Well, yeah, literally. But if you feed feed it with energy and interest,
0: then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it'll uh, keep on coming back. Yeah. Let me crack this open here and see if we're... It probably sounds like you're already into a couple of these already yourself. I can tell. Yeah, uh, number, number two. Well, I've got a uh, technical issue here. My... Um... What is the technical name for the cap opening part of a beer? The tab. The tab. The tab. The tab, the tab on this one has malfunctioned, so now I'm twisting it off and I'm okay. Oh, there we go! I found a way. Now it's like a little can of sardines. <laughs> it's like mm. a little can of sardines. Sardine beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then uh, he talks to the camp host. Camp host basically says, "Well, hold on one second here." and Alex a hey, someone calling in hold on one moment okay sure okay mark are you there yes yeah, this is me okay so mark uh, alex didn't know you're calling in but this is the perfect time uh, alex this is mark parker and mark hey, mark.
2: hey how's it going alex hey
0: good <laughs> how are you good so mark uh, mark was down in uh cottage grove area And he's been working with Daryl on and off uh, down in the Al Moon lab area. And he had some interesting stuff happen not too long ago, less than four or five days ago. He's had some interesting stuff even before that time. But I thought because uh, James and Tony's uh, story was about a a witness experiencing something amazing like a Sasquatch walking into a tree, Um, Mark kind of slid in too nicely here not to talk to him and so i haven't had a chance to really sit down with mark and talk about what's happened since he started working this area but um why don't you tell me and alex a little bit about your encounter
2: okay so uh with the full moon coming up i've been wanting to go up there with uh somebody so i was talking with Darrell. i'm like hey you know let's go up wednesday it's gonna be full moon it's supposed to be clear you know decent weather what do you think? She's like, yeah, let's go. So um, we headed up there. We get up there about oh, probably eight o'clock at night. And we walked down in to where um, Daryl's uh, little feeding station is. Cause he had just baited a couple days before and, and everything was gone. So, we're kind of standing there looking and I look off to the side and I see a bunch of viny maple all twisted up and knotted and woven together and stuff. I'm like, holy crap, that's, that's weird. Look at this, Daryl. And he goes, man, I've never seen that before. So we're standing there and I look just down the trail, even not that much further, probably, I don't know, five, six feet away. And there's one that is just an awesome one. It is huge and just tons of knots, tons of woven areas through it. Uh, pretty intricate and when we're standing there we look down and there's a complete set of tracks there's a left foot and a right foot you know uh, a full stride so um we thought oh that's pretty cool and you know we're just kind of looking around and and we decided to go uh daryl wanted to go look at your little spot over there toby and so we headed over there and as we're walking over there you know i kind of have my head down looking a different direction than daryl and he goes mark right there there's two orbs going up the hill and i turn and i didn't turn in time to see him and he looks at me goes man this isn't good because when these orbs start showing up bad stuff starts happening he's going look you know and he's he's got hair standing on him you know it's just standing up on end and i'm like okay (laughs) so uh we go check your area and um there's some weird stuff some sticks jammed into the end of a log that had never been in there before um and we found this one piece of bark just kind of laying funny on that same stump that we didn't remember being there before. So we pick it up and there's a really old cork out of, you know, wine bottle, tequila bottle, whiskey bottle, something. It's, it's a pretty old cork. So we took a picture of it and yeah. and sent it to Toby to see if he had, he'd uh, noticed it and, or, you know, recognized it and he didn't, it was something new to him too. So he's all, you know, it's kind of getting dark. Let's start heading out. I'm like, yeah, okay. So we, we get up to the top uh, of the road there and, um, we grabbed the chairs out of the back of the truck and found a flat spot where we can kind of just peek over the edge, but, um, uh, be back enough where we're on a flat spot. So we get set down up there and, and, um, I had borrowed my dad's night vision, um, to, to you know, to play around up there. And then Daryl had brought his parabolic and, and uh recorder and stuff and so we get sat down and we're sitting there for a while and um, we end up if we're facing down the hillside um toby your stuff is straight down from us and then daryl's would be off to our left hand side so off to our right hand side we hear kind of like the ohio howl right way down in the bottom of the canyon and, uh, we kind of look at each other. Yeah, we heard that, you know, that's kind of cool. And so we were sitting there for a while and Daryl kept saying, man, I keep hearing something over on that right side. And I didn't hear anything. I couldn't hear it, but I've got a little bit of hearing loss anyway, but I just couldn't hear it. And all night long, or, you know, the whole time we're there, he's like, man, there's something coming from the right. Well, I don't know, probably nine o'clock or so out in front of me. And it's hard to tell how far it was out. Cause I've never seen one before and it was an orb and it shot from behind one set of trees to behind another set. and It was red. So I'm, you know, swinging my arm over at Daryl, look, 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 red one. And, you know, like I said, i would never seen one before and they're weird because it's like, it's glowing, but it's not putting off light. Like when it goes up to something, it doesn't like light up, you know, when it went by the trees, it didn't light the trees up. It was just a red glowing ball moving across. I don't know truly how big it was because I don't know, you know, with it being super dark in the timber there, I I had no depth perception to see, you know, so I really don't know. But like visually what I could see, um, it was like about the size of a pea in my hand. But like I said, I don't know if it was, you know, six feet in front of me or, you know, 60, 80 yards from me. So I, I really don't know truly how big it was. So we continued to sit there, and um, I just kept getting this weird vibe. I'm starting to have hair stand up on my neck and and I thought, uh, something's just not right, and so I picked up the night vision and I turned it on, threw it up to my eye, and I looked where that red orb was, and from one set of trees to the other had had a big foot walk right across in front of us and it just it freaked me out because i wasn't expecting it so i hopped up daryl hopped up we jumped in the truck and took off you know it was one of those i wish it would have been day because you know you can at least see at nighttime, it's so dark up there with the big timber and you know all the cover it's just it scared the crap out of us so we got out of there and that was wednesday night so we went back on um saturday morning um because we wanted to, you know, get measurements and stuff to see how tall it was and where, see if we could find its tracks and everything like that, because we never heard it. Once it got close to us, we never heard it walking at all. We never heard anything. But we just seen it come out from behind the one tree and go behind the other trees, and it was gone, you know, and it may have continued walking. I don't know. We just headed up and out of there. Our theory was we kind of thought, because every time we go up there, Daryl and I are always taking cookies and, and peanut butter and stuff like that for him and, and uh, setting up little areas. Because we're always trying to catch, you know, see if we can catch hares or, you know, we set up little traps to see if we can catch that kind of stuff. So we thought maybe that, you know, they heard us come up, you know, we went in there, did our thing, come back out. And now he's thinking there's food there. So because where he was coming from and going towards was actually going towards that stump. So we get down there Saturday morning and we go down and I, okay, I sat down uh, and lined up. Okay. It it crossed right there. And it was pretty close. It was between 20 to 25 yards at the most from us. And um, so I went down, I took a stick and kind of leaned it up in the tree off of a branch um, so that I could kind of get a visual so I went back again and sat and I'm like, okay, it was right there. Walked down there with a tape measure and it ends up, it was about nine to nine and a half foot tall. So when I saw it, I saw it from just below the waist, um, up, you know, I couldn't see its legs or anything. Um, and you know, and that's what we ended up seeing. So then we also checked, um, cause we found the one set of tracks down by the woven branches, um, uh, you know a, a full right foot and then a left foot step and measured it so heel to heel was 64 inches so it's got a pretty big pretty big stride on it and this is a track that we we find in there all the time you know I've seen it a bunch you know you've seen it a bunch Toby and Daryl has too and it, it runs about a 15 and a half inch uh long by about six to six and a half inch wide so it's a you know a fairly decent sized track. And it's usually in the ground, a good two inches deep, you know. So it's it's fairly heavy. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of in a nutshell what happened there to us on uh, Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, and I got the uh, the call on your way back from Cottage Grove to Albany, and then yep. you were pretty fresh yep. off your sighting. I'm out there trying to watch yep. uh, Elon Musk. Uh, roller coaster satellites going across the sky and I think i'm yeah. thinking like number 13 and here's mark uh you know fresh fresh off a diaper moment from cottage grove so yeah.
2: um, it, I mean, it was definitely an underwear changing moment we'll leave right. it at that right.
0: i mean there's so much to go through because you weren't necessarily on board you weren't against the idea that uh there's going to be you know ufo stuff connected to this whole thing but right um Right, walk Alex through this, walk everybody through this as far as like your perspective um maybe shifting. is that fair to say with maybe what's going on? yeah,
2: definitely so uh i'll I'll start out with my first encounter, which happened to me this last year back in August. Um, I'd been spending a lot of time over in Eastern Oregon going about every two to three weeks. Uh, I bow hunt over there and, and I like to hunt by myself. So I went over there and I was going to hunt for 11 straight days by myself and then come home. I got there Monday, uh, like early afternoon and got everything set, you know, set up. Um, then run a trail cam, tons of animals. Every time I was there, I'd, I'd have at least a hundred to 150, sometimes 200 pictures of elk, deer, bear, everything over there. And so I get over there and I'm not seeing anything. I mean, everything has just absolutely disappeared. And so on Tuesday evening, I'm sitting over a freshwater spring and got the wind coming down the hill in my face. And back behind me, I hear a twig break and I'm thinking, ah, crap, I'm going to get busted. So I grab my windicator and it's blowing off me right directly to where that twig broke. And there's a lot of uh, deadfall in there. So it, it's damn near impossible to be quiet. So I just sat there and I'm like, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and, um, it just kept coming closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, okay, this this is right. it right. You know, every animal that I know should be busting and, and leaving every time and wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't just kept coming. And then it, it started going off to my left-hand side. So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to step out. I'm going to get a shot. So I got my arrow, you know, and my release on my string, I'm ready to go. To take my shot and it hangs up behind me uh, on my left hand side. So then it goes to the right, does the same thing. And it goes back and forth probably four or five times. And then it's probably behind me, maybe 20 yards, and does a massive triple tree knock. And I'm like, holy shit, what is that? You know, because I I was always one of those. Um, I thought they could be out there. I was never like, okay, the yes, one hundred percent they are, or one hundred percent no, it's bull crap, but it didn't even click in my mind. You know, I've always listened to, you know, the podcast and a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. And it didn't dawn on me right away that it was a tree knock, but I'm like, I don't like this. And it's a long hike out of here. I'm out. So I grabbed my stuff, hiked out. And so over the next few days, I kept sitting in that tree stand on top of the mountain, same area, just right on top rather than at the bottom. And every morning, like clockwork, nine thirty something would walk behind me. And um, it would make noises and stuff that I'd never recognized and um, I just thought that's kind of weird you know and and every morning same thing because the wind's coming up the hillside and it blows back over to the back side of that hill where that animal's walking and same thing it would never bust so I'm like screw it this is Sunday or Saturday I'm like screw it Sunday I'm going up in there and so I use my onyx to get myself back in you know two hours before light and get sat back down in there find a good spot to just sit for the day so i got got sat down sun comes up and stuff and it's it's quiet like normal or you know uh, normal in the morning and it kind of gets birdie and then it just went dead silent again don't think anything of it and I catch off some movement off to my left hand side. So I just kind of turn my head real slow and I look and I catch a face, brown face, come out and go back really fast. And I thought to myself, was that a hunter? And that's, you know, that's weird because I, I never heard it come in and I should have heard it because, again, there's a ton of deadfall in there and you just cannot be quiet. Um, and then it wasn't probably. I don't know, 10 seconds after that, it sticks its head out and it's just sitting there staring at me. And it stared at me for probably 15 seconds or so and then pulled its head back. And again, I never heard it. I don't know if it walked off, nothing. Because where I was there was in the reprod. It was just a bunch of open um, patches, you know, that you'd have just a little meadow. And so I was sitting kind of in one of the edges of the meadow and he was out in the, the reprod. So that one, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. And I got up, went over the top of the hill, got down in the canyon, went all the way back to the truck, loaded up the truck. And then I just like crashed, like physically and mentally, just I was drained. I was done. I just sat in a chair and just vegged out, got in the truck, went to sleep, got up and came home the next morning. So I didn't say anything to anybody for the longest time. And, and in my head, it's an ape. I'm a, you know, I was a 100% after seeing that, you know, it's physical. I can I, you know, technically I could reach out and touch it. That is an animal, um, 100% aper. And so, you know, I didn't say anything for anybody for a long time to what had happened. And, and, uh, finally, um, got in touch with a guy or he actually got in touch with me. Um, I'd gotten a tattoo of, uh, of like the state of Oregon with the Oregon tree off the license plate and a Bigfoot standing next to it. And then a star where it happened. So I posted it on a, a Facebook page and, you know, said, Hey, I did this cause I had an encounter just to kind of, cause I, I was at that point, I finally wanted to talk to somebody about it, but I didn't know who to talk to or, you know, so I just kind of threw it out there to see what would happen. And I talked with a guy and, and, uh you know, he ended up hooking me up with Daryl. So I met with Daryl and, you know, I'm talking with Daryl the first time we're going out and I'm like, yeah, it's a hundred percent ape. You know, I'm an aper, you know, woo people are crazy, crazy. <laughs> and that's just kind of how I, I looked at it. And the more I am there, I've definitely swapped. There's too many strange things that I've caught on camera that I cannot explain. Um, you know, seeing the orbs in there. And then, you know, and, you know, what I hear the other people that, you know, I always thought was on the woo side was, you know, I'm starting to see it and I'm like, okay, so there's definitely something to this. It's not just, you know, an animal, there's something going on besides, you know, what I can, you know, grasp, you know, I've gotten, like I've sent Toby, some pictures of, um, these two brush or bushes that I had cookies in, and I had my trail cam set up on um, no delay with a six shot burst. So it would, if something stand there, it's literally gonna take six shots, just bam, 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 and then six more, bam, 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 with no delay between it. It's just gonna continually take pictures. Well, in a series of pictures of, of the first six that it was firing off, you could see the two bushes loaded up with um, cookies and the second one between pictures, you literally see the the bush shift off to the side and all the cookies disappear out of it. And just, I, I can't explain it. I, I have no idea, you know, and then I get continued pictures after that and, and uh you know, the cookies are gone out of that bush. Um I can't explain it. I've caught orbs on, uh, on the camera. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's just stuff in there that I, I can't explain that, you know, your your camera,
0: Mark, your camera was messed with too, wasn't it?
2: Yes. So I buried it in the ground one time, um, to where all that was hanging out was the lens, the sensor, and the uh, uh, LED lights for the, um, for the, you know, the infrared. Um, I've had that pulled out of the ground and laid over. I stuck the um camera one time I shoved it down inside of a stump to where all you could see is the face of it and then I put crap on top of it so basically you can just see the face in the stump um the only way that's coming out is to rip it back out through the top I've had it pulled out and laid down on the ground um I I just it's stuff like that that I just I can't explain cannot explain
0: you know, and here you have something potentially watching you as you come in and leave the woods. And if it wanted right. to, let's just say that this is a higher intelligence. You can just take your camera. You'd never see it again. I mean, at the very least, right. disappear or, you know, get ruined or, you know, a rock hit it. I yeah. don't know. But uh, it's just kind of set gently, you know, it's not even moved more than 24 inches from the spot. Just set down, you know, face- no.
2: Yeah, the the one that was buried in the ground, it literally just pulled it out of the hole and then laid it over sideways. And then the one out of the stump, it just pulled it up out of the stump and then laid it on the ground right next to the stump. Yeah, I mean, it didn't go anywhere. I mean, they just, the camera stayed there. It just wasn't where I put it. You know, it was messed with. And and you're not going to like, you're going to have to physically get a hold of that. You know if a bear comes in or whatever it's going to rip that stump up trying to get to that camera and bears i've had cameras are, um that are chewed up by bears they'll chew them up they mess they break the crap out of them. well they're going to do the same thing to that stump if they're wanting that camera they're going to tear up that stump to get the camera we well, go there and there's nothing wrong with the stump it's just been physically pulled out you know and every time i go in there and i see that our bait is gone i don't say okay Bigfoot every time. I always try and look. Okay, is there bear tracks here? Is there deer tracks here? Is there cougar tracks here? Um, is there coyote anything, you know, trying to, you know, debunk because I I don't, you know, I don't want to say everything because, you know, there could be a bird that come in there, flow down, grabbed a whole of the cookies and flew off and, and not leave any sign or whatever. So you kinda gotta come at it with 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 that perspective. But yeah, there's just there's too much in there that I cannot explain. That I, I just Mark, work at and I just... Um
1: Mark, do you feel the the cam the the cameras moving was uh,
2: some sort of message? Um I I have since taken it out. I, I have taken it out of the woods. So I okay. and it very well could have been like and uh, you know, cause, kinda cause you know, starting to see some of this stuff going to where I can't explain, I've gone in the woods. And when I put my camera up, I'll physically say, Hey, um, you know, Hey, my name's Mark. You know, I mean, you no harm. I just would like to see you in your physical form, what you look like. I'd like to learn more about you, you know, stuff like that. So that I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to go out and, you know, profit from anything or whatever. I just want to, I want to know more about it, mm-hmm. about them, you know? So yeah. it, it very well could have been, you know, but like I said, since then, I've, I've taken the camera out and I don't, I haven't put it back in there.
0: Yeah, and getting and back don't to really the, have any. The other sign down there too, Mark, with a bear and deer. I haven't found a lot of deer sign. Like uh, generally you find on a game trail pellets and there are not a yeah. lot of pellets in and around that specific grid where you, all the gifting and food has started to happen. Yeah. Would you agree there's not a whole lot of de- active deer sign?
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't. I've I've been a hunter for 40, well, probably 35 years at least. And I've not seen any sign of any big game animal in there at all. Nothing. And I mean, it's, I see it's, absolutely it's nothing. It's right near
0: a, a spring. It's right near a creek. I mean, less than you know maybe a mile and a half down the road uh so there's ample opportunity there's a wetlands down there uh plus there's there's literally two of them because
2: i found another one right there's two wetlands through there i found basically on each side because you know we're kind of on that knob on each side of that knob there's a creek running down through there because i you know if, if you're facing looking down the hill you know, from the truck, Daryl's stuff is to the left. I walked out probably three quarters of a mile out to the left and just kind of down looking for some more sign and seeing if I could find any other twists and stuff. And I couldn't find anything down in there. And, you know, I walked there, I found a nice little swamp with a Creek running down around it and, and looked in the mud and stuff, nothing. It just seems to be concentrated up on that knob and that's it just from the top, you know, all the way down um
0: before uh mark went up there and got involved with this uh, alex we spoke to a guy named scott carpenter there's an episode on patreon.com forward slash strange brow radio um and in the members area there um there is an interview with scott carpenter now he had a similar experience uh, being a flesh and blood guy to moving towards the, you know, way paranormal aspect of the phenomena. And he suggested using what's called the fly trap technique where mm-hmm. you take double-sided sticky tape, or you take rat catcher, uh, you know, uh, mouse traps, and then you hang those in the tree, yeah. in a, a food spot to see if you can walk away with a skin cell sample or hair. Now I got some pictures today a bright red hair on a rat trap. Did did you see that too?
2: Yes. So Daryl and I are always trying to come up with different ideas, uh, figuring out ways. And that was something we'd come up with was getting some sticky traps and and nailing them onto the trees and putting cookies on them so that they would have to like grab a hold of it to pull the cookie off, and you know, hopefully either leave us a fingerprint or again some hair, or anything like that. So. Daryl picks them up, and I think he stuck up like four or five of them up there, yeah, and uh the one there is definitely some uh orangish reddish hair
0: <laughs> now what going through all of you know your thirty five plus years of being a hunter, what kind of animal has that color hair that would be that high up in a tree?
2: Well, the only thing that could get to that you know, are going to be squirrels and stuff like that where it's at. Um, No big game, you know, animal. Um, And the only thing that would be even remotely close to that is, maybe some chipmunk hair, but I don't even see that matching. It just, when I, when we were looking at it as, you know, I'm just kind of going, okay, could it be a squirrel? Nah, if the squirrels are all around here, are typically gray. The chipmunks, well, it kind of got a little bit of a red hue, but it's more tan and this is definitely more on the red side, uh, reddish orange side. So, off of anything I know of? No, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what it would be over here.
0: And only three days before, roughly 72 hours before Mark had his sighting, Alex, there was a group of gals from Cresswell Paranormal, and uh, the gal's name, I believe, is Tara, and she is a horse breeder. She also is a horse or a trans-species communicator and psychic. She would come to axe and fiddle as... uh, she would do readings in this haunted bar live on stage for us. And there's three of them and they all have spirit guides that they talk to. And they were up in a spot where they have a lot of action with not just Bigfoot stuff. In fact, they were kind of skeptical of all the Bigfoot stuff that I was pushing anyway. So they go up there to do their psychic stuff and they've had some pretty incredible stuff happen there. One of them, was an image of these four fingers that sweep in front of their camera as they're panning their camera from left to right over the sun setting. And the four fingers look a lot like what Daryl had infused in his spare bedroom wall, those chalky, yeah. chalky. Yeah. Anyway, so I I pay attention to that stuff, uh, certainly because there's a lot going on on this mountain. So they, they're up there around 10 o'clock at night and they have a Bigfoot encounter about 25 feet away from them. And so they're pretty shaken up about it. They weren't expecting it. Um, and so then Mark goes down there, and he has a sighting 72 hours later. So these are incredibly close sightings, uh, all around the same time of night. And I, the detail of the orb, I think is really interesting because I didn't talk to you about what these orbs look like, and you're describing what other witnesses describe when they see one of these orbs, uh you described the interesting quality of the fact that they don't emit light, that they basically yeah. uh, they are light but without the emission. and uh, the closest we can get to right. is like a glow stick. You right? You know, like
2: yeah. kind of that yeah. dense
0: color. Would that be right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But but even like the glow sticks you put up to a tree and it's gonna light the tree up. These yeah. just didn't light anything up, but they had that—that that absolute, yeah, that that light quality of like a glow stick. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Was, it a,
0: was, was it a glow stick?
2: No. What, no was it a, was was it a guy a with stick.
0: a? How about a headlamp? A guy running through the woods at night with a red headlamp oh, no. on?
2: Nope. nope. He would have had to been eighty foot tall. <laughs> There's not too many of those guys running around, so. Yeah. And you didn't see this on
0: your, you didn't see this on your IR lens. You saw this with your naked
2: eye. Yeah. Naked eye. Just looking. I was just kind of just sitting there listening and, and, you know, just just because of being coming from the hunting background, I use my ears a lot. Um, and also my eyes, but you know, like when it's, you can't quite see, you just kind of go off of your ears. And a lot of times I'll just close my eyes and I'll listen for a while and then open them up and just kind of look around, you know, even when I'm on hunting, it could be in the daytime. If I'm hunting, I'll close my eyes and just really listen because it kind of, you know, you take that extra sense out that, you know, that you may not be able to see something because it's so thick in a certain area that now I'm not thinking about seeing, I'm just concentrating on my hearing And I, you know, you just kind of, you're able to pick some stuff up. So I just kind of, I'll bounce between senses like that. You know, I'm not trying to, it's not like I'm ESP or anything like that, but I just try and take advantage of whatever's best in that situation whatever sense is best to use. Um, and see growing up, I, I grew up in a house that was haunted. We had some crazy crap that went on there. Nothing ever malevolent or anything, so I've always been really open to that sort of stuff. Um, and I think that's why I've always been open to, oh, yeah, Bigfoot could be out there, you know, before I ever had my sightings. that, you know, because I've been touched. Um, we've had stuff at our house uh, moved, you know uh, TVs turned on and off. And this was like old school TVs back before we had remote controls. When I was a kid, when I was the remote control, you know, go up, pull the knob <laughs> to turn it on for dad and turn, turn the, uh, the dial to change the channels, turn it, turn it, turn it, you know? And, you know, so the stuff would come on, go off, same thing, stereo, uh, doors. Um, uh, uh my daughter, and myself went one year on a, a paranormal, uh, uh, investigation during Halloween. And that's when I got, was getting pushed on, uh, called out my daughter's name. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's one of those things that if you're open, things are going to show themselves to you that are not like, you know, what you can see, grasp, feel, touch, you know, taste um that sort of stuff where if you're you know you're more open to some of the stuff that is just you can't explain i think more stuff you know comes out shows itself to you
0: now james uh, we were just talking about a guy named james and tony and they had an encounter in new mexico and (coughs) looking short of it the the name of the episode is, you know, basically into the tree he saw a Sasquatch walk into a tree. He was certain that it didn't go around it. I mean, you're certain about details about seeing a Sasquatch on infrared, um, drawing conclusions about the lights being connected to the phenomena. Um, some might think that that's, irresponsible that somehow the the two are not connected. You had a UFO encounter and then you had a Bigfoot encounter. They're two separate events. Do you feel that way or how do you think they're connected?
2: Um like I said, I've kind of started going down that and there has to be some sort of connection because if you really pay attention and, and I, I'm starting to, you know, now that I've gotten more into the Bigfoot community Um, rather than being kind of on the outside looking in, you're hearing some more people, um, that trust you and, you know, you know, trust what, what you say and you trust what they say, they're starting to open up a little more. You know, I've had some people that, that, you know, when I first met them, they were the same thing as me. Oh, I'm just diehard paper. That's it. They're an ape. They're an ape. They're an ape. And now that I've gotten to know them and they trust me and, you know, uh, You know that I'm not going to be oh you're freaking batshit crazy you know blah blah blah. They're opening up you know hey man I've been having these orbs coming, I can't explain them, Um, you know and, and there's one guy that I've got to know pretty well that's been doing it for over 40 years and he's really been getting into the a lot of orbs and and stuff and he's the same way and he's like you know I I can't explain this stuff Mark I don't know there's something to it because it's not just you know one guy out of 10, there's quite a few of them. So obviously, you know, something's there's some, some sort of connection between them. You know, I don't know Mm -hmm. what the connection is at this point. um, But there definitely is a connection between the orbs and, and um, the big guys.
0: Right. And you said it was pretty high off the deck. I didn't really know how high the, the
2: light was. Did you say eight feet? 80, but because 80 you're going feet. down, you know, yeah. Cause you're going downhill. You know how steep okay. it is right there okay. on that hillside. So, you know, it's from where I am, it was straight out, but it was, you know, it's going to be pretty high off the ground once you get out there away. So, you know, it could be, you know, like I said, I, I don't truly know how far or close it was to me because I could not, um, like, you know, there's no, depth perception because it's all black and then you just see this red streak going across uh through the timber in front of you you know i just i i caught a quick glimpse goes behind a tree and then it comes out and i could see it plain as day going across goes behind some more trees and then i couldn't see it
0: and you're no small guy either just so people know you're how tall are you um
2: I'm six two, two sixty five. I'm a uh, robust young man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you,
2: and of course, yeah. I mean, this gets into the nerd
0: part of us that wants to talk about the anatomy of Bigfoot. air of course, they're big, but you know, anything yeah. over eight feet is a monster. Uh, and I mean yeah. that in the nicest way because I, you know, yeah. I think I've I've met this monster on one occasion, and it was yeah. uh, more scared of me than I was of it. Or maybe we we're yeah mutually scared of one another, but um. You, you've you tried to duplicate the depth. And I've tried to explain to people how difficult it is to make a right angle cookie cutter dent in spongy, needly ground in the forest. You've tried to do this yeah. before. Have, were you successful yeah. trying to make this impression?
2: Not even remotely close. So I'll jump in the air and come to, as I'm coming down, I'll stomp on the ground as hard as I possibly can to exert as much force as I can on that ground. Those tracks are typically I would say inch and a half up to two inches thick on the on the the big big bigger uh tracks, and I'm lucky they get half of an inch in the ground, so you know there's some definite weight behind them definite weight behind them.
0: yeah, Alex, any questions from you? <clears throat> yeah, do you think it's
1: actual weight or something else?
0: Oh, good question.
2: Again. I mean,
1: look, I, I... looking back, tobe the the gravel imprints.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think
1: that was Owl Moon Lab.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They would it was crushed gravel, and it mm-hmm. was imp- impacted
0: right into impacted, the hard pan yeah. right. Into the hard pan yeah. And that's and that's what makes me wonder: how much
1: force? How much force would that have taken?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, and that, it could be them. stomping as they're walking too because like like the one over east that uh was behind me that ended up tree knocking the whole time he uh once you know after that twig broke and i heard him come in he was stomping the whole time he i mean he was not trying to be quiet it was just boom 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 then it would get quiet and he boom 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 back behind me the other side just and just back and forth back and forth and he he was stomping pretty pretty heavy so you know in in some of those he could be doing that what i can't you know another thing that i can i can't explain like those two tracks we have two tracks just perfect crystal clear see the toes in them plain as day left foot right foot and then after that there's not another track and before those two tracks there's not any tracks Mm -hmm. so they're obviously doing something to you know, and again, this is just me th- thinking outside the box. I don't know if they're going okay. Well, yeah, we'll leave them two tracks right here. Boom, boom, stomp two tracks for us, and then uh, nothing because we see that all the time. Where we'll see, oh, there's one track right here, and it's all the same material. It's all the soft, soft fur needles, and then you know the next you just don't see anymore. And it's like, do they, you know, what's going on? Do they float away? Do, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't even know what kind of weight would have to be distributed to cut a 90 degree angle down into that kind of earth and leave a 15 inch dragon. Yeah. It would take some, uh, you know, ungodly power. And you do imagine them kind of stomping their feet uh, down yeah. into the dirt substantially, but it's not like the heel is a lot deeper. It's a, it's just a flat print from the toe all the yeah. way to the back of the heel. You know what I mean?
2: Yep yep yeah and see like um so where that bigfoot crossed in front of daryl and i on wednesday night it was walking on a trail and we we walked up and down that trail and never saw track one but you know so i it's i don't know it's just it's crazy but then i never saw it speak either when it was crossing in front of us like i said it was just just a little bit from the waist you know a little bit below the waist up is what i saw so i physically didn't see his legs so you know
1: what exactly did you see there mark um like details or
2: well it's a gen one night vision so i couldn't it's not like It's the greatest in the world by any means, but you know, you could see plain as day, you know, walking or had his arms swinging. He was sideways to me. You know, I saw the profile. He never looked up towards us. It was like, he was a man on a mission. And um, you know, chest wise, I'd say he was probably pushing two foot thick. Um, So, you know, he was pretty, pretty deep chested. Um, I didn't pay attention you know, I, I I don't know, well, you know, great details on it because I wasn't, it's one of those, I, and and it happened with me before when I saw the first one, I just, I focused more on the whole thing and not anything particular. I couldn't say, okay, it had, you know, uh, black eyes with, you know, or, you know, yellow teeth or anything like that. It was just, you're caught in the moment of, Oh my God, what is that? You know, standing there. Um, it's it's not like oh. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's got pink lips and you know yeah. <laughs> I, I just you just don't think of that sort of stuff. But you know, he was he was a big boy. He was definitely a big boy. Like I said, he was probably a good two foot thick. Um So you're saying two hairy. foot thick
1: from, from front to back?
2: From front or... to back, yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: front to back. So from his chest wow. to his back, he's about two foot thick. So he he's a big boy. He was a big boy. The first yeah, one this, I saw, I, I don't know. Uh, go ahead. Well, the first one I saw, I I don't know because all I literally saw was yeah. its head stick out.
1: So th- this brings up a question that I've been thinking about over the past, like, six months. Is, okay, if we're looking at this as an ape species, a hominid, you know, these, right. these things are re- reported to be, like, anywhere from, like, six and a half feet tall to 12 feet tall you're saying this guy was like two foot thick from like the 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 chest to the back um yeah with 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 a hominid like an actual hominid species that big can a hominid species actually be physiologically that big
2: You know, it's hard to say because I I know a lot of the animals they grow to their environment, but I I think once you get to a certain point, then it's more of a detriment to you because you know something that big, the calories and stuff it would have to intake to sustain life would be incredible. It would absolutely be incredible, Um,
1: considering the the amount of calories that we have to intake. Um, right as as puny you know mm-hmm. five to six foot humans i mean yeah 12, 12 feet tall really you're gonna be eating a deer yeah. a day
2: yeah at least
0: at least. right and the only time we found a deer kill there was when we were rock hounding not too far from the spot and there was a young doe whose neck was snapped the neck was actually backed by uh the shoulder blades ripped backwards and had just been you know deboweled and and gutted uh, no sharp and you know implements uh, near a it was pretty fresh actually now that I think about it because it didn't stink and there was no bugs on it and uh, so we didn't find a lot of examples of deer kill we had some animal mutilation stuff happen there but um, you know it's just nice it's confirming to me because the only other thing that could be going on here folks is that Mark had a prank played on him. It it would involve, you know, some kind of pyrotechnic or light show that would have been pre-planned for Mark to be out there. Uh, If I was involved, I would have to leave the Comforts of Quarantine, which is about six hours away. Uh, You know, be incredibly quiet, walk through brush in a monkey suit. Daryl would have had to be a part of it. It just gets to the point where you're delusional if you think this is a story that uh, is that multi-layered and talented. Uh, There's just, it's a complex story that now there's more players involved with it, uh, a lot more players, actually. Now we have Dr. Robert Alley uh, uh, slowly immersing himself in this story, little by little, willing to look at the Al Moon knee impressions and verify as a physician um, whether or not he's into Bigfoot, which he absolutely is, um, agree that these are knee impressions that show human anatomy in him his measurements are smaller than our measurements and i'm willing to listen and listen to a physician talk about this all day long granted he hasn't looked at these with his eyes on the actual impressions he's had some pretty uh, detailed photographs i sent him and then he's read uh, what is called the dragu report uh, regarding the anatomy from a sonographer here in seattle and do a back and forth uh, with that report and write up his own analysis. The point being is that this isn't just me and Daryl involved anymore. There are other people willing to immerse themselves in this and they see data. And is it all about data? No, it's about trying to connect with something way cooler than data because (laughs) there is something here that will allow you to look at it. But trust me folks that this stuff is looking at you a lot harder than you are it and what it's gleaming and my initial impression and take it for what it's worth mark is that these things are cool with you uh, i yeah. i i think your camera would have been destroyed if they weren't yeah and i think you would have had more than just a sighting something maybe would have happened to your truck or back at your house in albany which sounds crazy yep. but since you believe in ghosts um so yep. yeah i think they're cool with you and i'm encouraged for you i mean I know you're on vacation right now. You, you have time to go back in there and do whatever you want, but you've chosen not to go there and stay the night, especially alone. Is that right?
2: Yeah, not alone. I'm not going to do it. No. I'll, if, if other people are up there, I will, but I, I won't do it by myself. Um, and see, the, the funny thing is, like like when I go over Eastern Oregon by myself, I, you know, I throw. there's times where I just have my backpack on with my sleeping bag and everything. And wherever I stop that night, that's where I sleep. And it's never bothered me to sleep in the woods by myself at all. But that place, there's just no way I'd do it. There's well, there's no only way. Way. There's one no road. There's, yeah,
0: there's only one way out if you're going to drive it, yeah. right? I mean, there's no other way yeah. out but the road you came in on. So if that's not an option, then the yeah. only option is running down the road through the gate.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and and see another thing to to bring up, like with your, you know, if this was set up and stuff, um, like when I'm in Eastern Oregon by myself, I carry a sidearm with me Um, or that night that we were up there, I carry a sidearm with me. It's not necessarily to protect myself from Bigfoot, but you know, some tweaker comes in there or a cougar or something like that, you know, and, and if this would have been set up and somebody would have turned and come at me, yeah, I'm going to shoot. <laughs> I'm not going to just sit there and, you know, you know, and so that would be really stupid for somebody to, to, yeah. you know, dress up in a suit and go and try and scare somebody. Oh, I'm Bigfoot. You know, that'd it, be with as many people that carry, sidearms with them or rifles or whatever it may be out in the woods Mm -hmm. to do something like that is, it would just be asinine, just absolutely asinine.
0: And here's the other little detail too, is that the property is up for sale next door to the Al Moon lab. So before the property was for sale and science fiction buffs from Beverly Hills bought the place. Now, to me, that's an interesting detail. I hope I get to the bottom of sometime who these people are, because the fact is that they're into science fiction hardcore and they want to turn it into kind of like a science fiction library place. And they walk in, pay cash for this joint. The place next door yeah. to it, the rental property, is now for sale for like four hundred and fifty grand, because you get the property behind the owl moon lab that leads to where mark's talking about so here's the deal and i'll break a couple uh things here that property's for sale if you're interested get in touch with me also tom powell author tom powell of the locals out of clackamas oregon his cabin is for sale and that's a very active remote spot. Uh, you would be privileged to land Tom Powell's cabin in Clackamas, cool. Oregon. So uh, like bo- no kidding. And I've been to both <laughs> of these places. Uh, you know, I can definitely vouch for both of these places being sweet spots for the phenomena. And so if you're interested, strangebrowradio at gmail.com and uh, maybe we can negotiate prices somehow with these people. But um, Hey, Mark, I appreciate you calling in, man. And um, maybe I will see you sometime coming down the road here in May.
2: Yep, yep. Next time you make it down here, we'll hook
0: up. Okay, dude. Good talking to you. Thanks a lot, Mark. All right.
2: Nice talking to you, Alex.
0: Yeah, you too, man. All right. Cheers.
2: All right. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. Well, there you go, Alex. Surprise. Well, that was cool. Surprise. (laughs) It just seemed like it it, it weaved in too nicely to what we were talking about, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 So what do you think of the, the encounter?
1: Mark's encounter. Yeah. Hmm. Let me see here. Well, I didn't get to ask him the question about whether he was a creative personality I would have, yeah, I missed that one Um, because I wanted to talk to him about the the weaving of the the vine maples um, and the driftwood stump, or or, sorry, the wood the wood stuck in the stump as well. Um, Yeah, because you got to see the
0: photographs of that.
1: Well, yeah, I got to see the photographs, and the the one thing that stuck out to me that that like leapt out to me was like it is so artistic. Like, wow, if I could do that, you know, especially with the vine maples, like, holy, oh, man, Mm -hmm. I was I was appreciating all of the all of the artistic uh, uh, thought that went into that. And with uh, Daryl sent me the video of the stump and from one angle, it just looks like a whole bunch of random sticks sticking out of stump. Then he pans in and they all line up perfectly parallel you know and that's the shot for me it's like oh okay all right that's what they wanted us to see that's like like perfect parallel you know it's it's this like random chaotic uh mess of sticks stuck into a stump and then like at one particular angle it's just like boom, nice yeah,
0: but, uh, it, uh, yeah. Daryl yeah. even says at one point in the video, it looks like cogs on a gear, and he's kind of right. Yeah. It has, it has this. Uh, it almost looks like some kind of nature machine or nature, you know, technology of some kind. The you know, nature te-
1: and may, and Perhaps it may be it know, might some be. kind of nature technology that we don't understand or are pretty to, but uh, we've just been given a
0: little taste. Now, as a guy that works with wood. Weaving green vine maple. Uh, mm-hmm. Explain to me, as a guy that doesn't work with wood as much as you do, uh, how difficult those kind of weaves would be to do. Because you, you've seen the photo. Well,
1: okay. I don't have a lot of vine maple up here, actually. Like on Quadra, Quadra Island, there's, uh, there's big leaf maple, uh, but uh, not a lot of vine maple. Um, I have done some weaving with uh some live hawthorn up here it's very pliable but it is very difficult like i was having trouble just like holding it together just to tie uh, a string around like for the portal right um so yeah like the intricacies in that in that those vine maple um pieces are are incredible they're beautiful and and that's what that's what like leapt out at me i was like holy cow yeah, <laughs> that's just like, really, that's just, that just freaking art man
0: it's super tight too like the yeah, nearly yeah. i mean you couldn't stick a finger through these weaves they're really tight no. and these are not like small little branches these are the big stock of the vine maple that they've bent over wove little belts around and um yeah yeah and it,
1: and it would be very difficult to actually keep that together actually like when you when you you know put it all together and like how do they you know keep it all together like woven like that you know i i am working with live hawthorn here and i have to use like twine to keep it together
0: yeah, so. you bring up a good point because the end would untether, and the rest of yeah. it would just pop open. Yeah, nature it would, just would pop reclaim open, its. Right? Yeah, right.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when yeah. it comes to Come stick on. stuff like that too, I generally have to really be blown away and debunk the hell out of it because, you know, nature does crazy stuff all the time. But this is just so unrandom looking. It looks so designed, so artistic. Oh no
1: totally designed, totally artistic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: From, from the moment I saw those photos, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if, I don't even know if I can do that.
0: Yeah. And when you brought up the, uh, the depth of the footprints, I didn't even go down that road because of the fact that, um, I just started to consider that this thing is a thousand pounds and it would leave a giant footprint when it comes in that way. But, you know, here's Mark describing something that's nine feet tall, mm-hmm. um, bounding through the woods. I don't even know what the uh, you know approximate weight and size would be as far as thickness. He's saying two feet. I just two don't know if, thickness. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. the, how deep the footprints would be on something that big. I you almost think they might be deeper. You know, that's <clears> one thing that uh, Henry Franzoni said to me is that you know in studying these tracks. Is that the tracks are usually not deep enough or too deep? Okay,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, and there's this peculiar quality, like you were saying, like it's just like ninety degree, like right down, flat. Especially the ones you've you've you know uh, casted out of Owl Moon Lab, um, the ones uh, the ones at the shop as well. They're just I don't know. They're just a little too perfect you know, and, and impacted. And, and the weird thing is you don't see any other detritus like, okay. Yeah. It's there's a lack of detritus. So if I'm going to go out with a hydraulic press with a big footprint and set up some crazy contraption and set it to, you know, 12, 1,400 1, pounds and hit the button and it goes and goes down two feet, right? You're still going to see a lot of the stuff that was on top of the, like the duff, the the forest duff, like imprinted into that. But in a lot of these prints, we don't see that. Like it, It's almost like it's been removed.
0: Yeah, there's, half of them have there's that. like. Half of them have that. The other half, you can, sit, you can see the needles flow down at a 90-degree angle and go flat where the footprint is. But sometimes it almost looks like the ground is left on the ball of the foot.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it's like, um, okay, like a 1,400-pound uh, being that has fly tape on its feet. And it's like, <laughs> and it's yeah. like half of it. But, yeah, so... Very, yeah. very peculiar qualities that I've been noting um, mm. uh, with these with these footprints.
0: Now let's go back to these psychics here, um, and I'm forgetting the name of their group. I should plug that. Uh, maybe I'll look it up here while you're talking. But the, so they have a sighting three days before Mark's, roughly you know less than three three miles away, and it's a nighttime sighting. They hear a brush popping around them. They look over, and I think less than 25 feet away, they see what, according to what her text says here, as I saw, you know, effing Sasquatch's ass and the thing standing there looking (laughs) at us. And um, so they got a pretty good detailed sighting of it. And then they started to communicate after they went back up there uh, with their spirit guides trying to figure out what these things are. And... Uh, whether or not they can work with them in some way. And as they're looking around with Daryl, they find this giant quartz crystal left behind. So they take this photograph of this quartz, and it's as big as a man's hand, you know, an average man's hand. It's probably a a good two inches thick, and, you know, it looks like it's right off of, a, you know, Krypton. (laughs) And it's just a giant shard of glass and it's got a little bit of mud wedged down in, in into it cuz it's kind of poking up out of the dirt but you don't find quartz like that uh, in the mountains you find evidence of quartz infused in other rock but a solo yeah. quartz like that it's just not happening in cottage grove not in the forest
1: impressive specimen that was
0: yeah yeah impressive mm-hmm. now they went on to look into this whole black witch's butter and oh okay they asked about that to their spirit guides, and they went on to say that um, it was left for us. It does have those properties for healing upper respiratory stuff. Uh, now, I was alluding to the pandemic here as far as it may be pointing to a question that we had uh, regarding a cure, because that was a specific question we we posed. And then we also asked on these little blocks of wood, which Mark was talking about on a stump, uh, can we meet now this black witch's butter is used for a communicating with the other side a pachuna altered state and it is also a Chinese herbal medicine for an upper respiratory thing so they agreed if we're to believe the spirit guides that uh, Tara is communicating with that yes it is that but they also went on to say that it's not from here that it is a fungus it does have those principles but it is not an earthly fungus. Not which an earthly is, fungus? Uh, yeah. What? So it's from the, their world. And, um, oh. It was left here by something other than Bigfoot. And so that's what they, they proposed to me. And uh, so now I give that information to you, make of it what you will. But um, there was one person that uh, went to a Chinese herbal store and bought a concoction of uh, Black Witch's Butter in powder form, which you can buy, and you need to consult your physician before you do any of this. And uh, they had done a couple other things, including sound therapy and light therapy. They were positive, I believe, uh, that was confirmed for COVID-19. And they had a remarkable recovery after they did those three things light therapy sound therapy and took this uh chinese herbal medicine black witch's butter and i guess it was such a remarkable recovery that it was noteworthy they got back to one of the people i'm working with about it and so really uh, as i said consult your physician before you look into any of this stuff certainly before you take it because this stuff can kill you but um That was the last I'd heard about it, and uh, the sample that was left there has never been taken into, you know, a pharmaceutical uh, person to be studied or a mycologist or a a true fungi expert, which there's a lot of people that think they know everything about fungus. (laughs) I found out quickly that there's a lot of people that uh, say they know a lot about fungus, uh, but they're not a mycologist. They don't have a degree in it. They haven't, you know, gone that extra step, so I would encourage... Daryl to, to find out exactly what he has in his hands. It could, or could
1: man, there's out. a lot to know about fungus. Holy Is cow. There, oh, it's like quantum mechanics almost. You probably have a beer <laughs> like, on the
0: shelf right now, a warm beer, like a fungus beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's the latest from there. And, um, obviously Mark's got some thinking to do. The guy's on vacation now for the next two and a half weeks and he has ample opportunity as a guy into the subject matter to immerse himself in. And, and uh, you know, nobody cast those tracks, for example. There they were on Saturday, and none of those tracks were cast, um, mm. which I think is interesting that nobody did that. There they sit, and I think they're going to pull them out on Thursday. They're never as good as when you first find them. They degrade, even if the weather's, you know, good. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know... We'll see what happens and there's always something new going on there. And uh Well,
1: well that was, that was cool that uh that Mark got on. Uh that was great. Yeah. It was really good to hear his perspective and uh his kind of I don't know, journey into the woo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now going back to uh our original uh conversation here, James and Tony. Let's, yeah. let's 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 uh, do you mind going back there for a bit? No, no. no. OK, so it, it, things unravel quickly uh, on the phone, which is the way I like them. You know, I, I, I like it when it goes left field all of a sudden, because I think that's the point of honesty there. And I don't really want to try to direct. The conversation back to the subject matter of Bigfoot all the time. If it has to go other places, then let's go there. And that's exactly what happened in this one. And one of the things that came up was the idea of um, there being a doppelganger. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. James describes uh, this emaciated, tall, slender, weird version of himself standing over the bed. Is that, I'm remembering the story correctly, aren't I?
1: Um, I think I was had my headphones okay. off for okay. that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right. I, I, yeah, it, it was uh, it was like oh yeah, talking about <laughs> right. the doppelganger, okay. and then I had to go do something. So yeah, yeah. that's all right. No, I re- think his, his, the story. Yeah,
0: his girlfriend um, had seen this entity, looked a lot like oh, him. It had okay. a, had black hollowed out eyes. It was an emaciated version of him, and right. uh, the the idea of a doppelganger is something I've never had to deal with before until today now this is interesting
1: today uh, I,
0: I, okay I'm, I'm in the backyard on. working on this uh pond fountain thing that has the dick trickle right and so yep. as I'm, I'm in the backyard working on this uh aaron is out front waiting for me to uh, get in the car with her and go on a hike and so i think she's busy she thinks i'm busy and so she thinks i'm upstairs well I'm in the back of the house with the door closed. And so she calls out, hey, are you almost ready? And she hears a response. She hears my voice basically say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost ready or something to that degree. And um, she kind of looks around because she doesn't see anybody. Well, she comes into the backyard and there I am working in the fountain. And she <laughs> said, whatever, whatever it was, was an uncanny, uh, you know, to your voice. Uh, it's, you know, it must have been you. I told her it wasn't. I'm in the backyard trying to get, you know, Dick Trickle to, to work a little harder for me. I didn't, even, didn't me. even hear you
1: ask the question.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: here we are having a conversation about an interview with a guy that has his own doppelganger. Uh, right. So what, what's your opinion of doppelgangers? Uh,
1: man, I just don't have enough data, enough experience. I, I have been, <clears throat> okay, I have had three people in my life that are extremely close to me. My mom, my ex-wife, Claire, and one of my girlfriends, Julie. And all three of them had experiences with going up to a person that they absolutely, absolutely, 100% thought it was me. And basically to touch the person on the shoulder and say, Hey, Alex, and have it turn around and just be like, not me. But prior to that, it was, it was me. And these are people that have known me like most of my life. And when you see, when you see a person on the street, you know, someone you've known for the most of your life, it's like, Oh yeah, there's so-and-so right. You don't, Mistake another person for that person. So, I found like those three those three tales from three deaths, three separate people um, uh, in my life. To kind, of, you know, if it was just two, if it was just my mom and my, and my ex wife Claire, I'd be, you know, ah, yeah. But then, like three of them, and it's like, okay, well, there's something here. There's something here. As to what that something is, honestly, no idea. No idea. I know uh, Tim Brenner, I think, has had a, an interesting doppelganger experience, kind of this, along the same lines as me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really don't know, man. Um, you know, as, as far as your experience uh, earlier with uh, Aaron uh, asking question and you calling out, you know that's uh, that's kind of a voice ganger, I guess. But uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the it's not the it's not the full physical. Tube, right? <laughs> I'm gonna look that. Uh, it's I'm your voice, up. so maybe, maybe something's borrowing your voice there.
0: Right. It's a. It's know, it not, like, I think uh, it's a German word, right? Uh, it Yeah. Must be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah double something i don't know you you got the strange brow in your,
0: mm-hmm. in your radio show
1: so <laughs> german heritage so you probably know the the uh yeah etymology there
0: what about have you heard anybody else's voice uh or had an experience like that where you've heard something out of place i mean i, I know in your story at hope there was the sound of a train or a train Crash of some kind. That was almost like a. That we'll call that a train, train, train ganger. Um.
1: Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I mean, wow! Like the the noises out there were absolutely like literally unbelievable. Like I couldn't believe I was hearing these noises where there was no physical activity. There was no lights. There was no. Mm -hmm. There was no trucks, there was no welding, there was no grinding, like, you know, we can see the train tracks through that yeah. th- from the campsite, and I'm looking, and there's absolutely no lights, and yet there's these incredible freaking sounds that are coming like, directly right off, right after our crazy, crazy experience in the woods. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, it did seem like something was borrowing those sounds and doing almost like an orchestra, just like it, like sampling, like taking a mixed sample of all these sounds that had come through the area, you know, uh, a, a train or a, some kind of crash, um, these, uh, you know, vehicles that would come up the road, uh, the grinding noise all of these. And it just like, like for that much sound activity to happen directly after we had our really weird experience. Cause that was like an hour and a half of sound activity. And like, it was nuts and it was so loud and it wasn't just coming over from the train tracks. It was like happening like all around as well. So yeah, my, my going theory is that, uh, whatever was out there i don't know if it's sasquatch or little people or a witch or whatever whatever was out there was actually borrowing these sounds um uh, to basically play for us
0: right right yeah i'm uh queuing up something here one second let me uh play an example of what uh alex and i are trying to say so Back at the Al Moon Lab, this is one of the sounds that we've kind of found late in the game. Um, In fact, it's in the area where Mark had his sighting. Uh, This was a moment where I was up interviewing Daryl about running into orbs in the woods with the neighbor. And so we did uh, a recreation of this around 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I uh, got my interview with uh, the neighbor and Daryl about their encounter. Uh, I think it was about a three-hour encounter with orbs and footfall and heavy stench. And so they're pretty shaken up about it. They're both bouncing accurate details back and forth. And then af- after I left, I get a phone call from Daryl saying something weird's turned up on my phone. And um, it has no time stamp. It has no date stamp. It's a video. It's about 12 seconds long. And I have no idea who these people are or what they're saying. And so... Um, let me play that. Oh, I hear your candy wrapper again. That, <laughs> there's that pesky candy wrapper. What? There, you're eating a Twix. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play this sound, and uh, this is an idea, I mean, this is, goes into the, the doppelganger theory that something you use the word borrow, I think that's a good way for describing what you're about to hear. You're going to hear Daryl's voice speak another language it's not a language i know of and it's not daryl because he doesn't know another language and then you're going to hear this woman who sounds like she's on a synthesizer and then you're going to hear somebody chewing it's a lot to uh, take in so let me let me play you a little bit of this doppelganger uh voice sharing thing Hit this okay let's uh let's do this one second here turn that on play this cancel All right, here we go. Let's see if it'll play. Okay. What's going to happen now when they're out there?
2: They gave my son.
0: What's going to happen?
1: Now, when they're out there, they gave my son. And what's going to happen? Now, when they're out there, they
0: gave my son. Okay, so the smacking of lips isn't Alex eating his Twix bar. Just Let's get that part out of the way. <laughs> that, that's part of the weirdness that was coming in auditorially. It sounds like Daryl eating a snack and he left his phone on. However, this is a video with no time or date stamp and a black screen. Now, that voice is a doppelganger of Daryl's voice. There's no other way to say it. And uh, yeah. After, yeah. after you've met Daryl a couple times now via Skype... Would you agree? That sounds like him. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 Very bizarre. And so I have, that's.
1: I have a I have a very good ear for like voices and and, and sounds as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I would say that is like definitely a borrowed Daryl's voice, but it also sounds like the the other, like the female voice, is like a borrowed voice as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But English.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. but, and there, but there's this like mixed quality to it. Yes. You know? like, yeah. Like a, like sampled, like oh, I'm gonna take a little bit from here and a little bit mm-hmm. from there, and like put it into this like because it, it's very like what do you I thought So right, yeah.
0: Now, what the interesting thing about what the woman's saying here is that she's acknowledging. This is a little bit of a leap, but it is almost an acknowledgement of the fact that there's going to be somebody coming out here and what is going to happen when they come out here. And it's a female's voice, which I think is really interesting. I mean, the fact is is that we have mysterious women on tape from the Al Moon lab, then we've never got it deciphered. They're not speaking English like she is. Um, I have no idea whose voice that is. I I think I know that that's Daryl's voice, but that's certainly an unknown language and it has a synthesized quality to it as it Tunes in and tunes out of you.
1: It definitely does. Like mm-hmm. at one point, it almost sounds like it was reversed. Like yes, but uh, yeah, there's a yeah, but that is definitely English. Like what that woman is saying is like, what's going to happen now that they're gone?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, close enough. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to the part here of Santeria You know, I didn't expect. uh james to be talking about uh, a moment where he had to kind of do battle with the devil for lack of a better word. i mean it, what he was mm-hmm. describing was basically a grim reaper type from it reminded me of the ring race from lord of the rings uh yeah. very similar in nature in fact he even described uh, how these uh, kind of wisped away at one point there was this uh, he said it like a balloon getting popped and it just yeah. kind of yeah. fizzled uh, <sighs> right and that's very yeah. ring-wraithy, how those guys would disappear. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, an impressive moment there. And, it, you know, he's a Christian guy. He called upon Christ to uh, basically do battle with the angelic forces. And uh, it worked. Saw a ball yes. of light and uh, dashed right through it like, a, you know, garlic to a vampire and took care of business.
1: Totally. Totally. Well, belief is, uh, I feel, like the strongest uh, power... You know, against these uh, shadow beings or forces, uh, whatever you whatever you do believe in. You know, if you do believe it, then mm-hmm. if you do believe in something, then call on that as as your power. And I, you know, I've had that before.
0: Yeah, um, and he mentions that too. He talks about the Native Americans basically telling him, "You don't have to worry about Skinwalkers because you don't believe." Yeah, these.
1: because you don't believe in that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Faith had its yeah. own power. Like
1: this is, yeah, this isn't. You know, if you, you know, you don't believe in this, so you don't have to worry about it. But uh, we certainly, as you know, we certainly do. So we have to worry about this and, and uh, take the proper precautions.
0: Yeah. Now, I've never had to deal with somebody that was a priest in Santeria. In fact, um, you know, the the craziest ever got for me as far as, uh, you know, dealing with someone who actually practices uh, magic like that was the Mark Kenyon guy that was the uh, professor Satanist down in Eugene. Uh, right. And, it, you know, he had his own crazy experiences like that. Have you ever had to unfriend somebody, Alex, based upon the fact yeah. that?
1: Yeah, I definitely did. In the past year, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. I won't go into it too much. Um, it's kind of kind of like how uh, how James was saying, uh, you know, you 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 want to be careful when you call when you say the name of these things. So I don't like to say this guy's name anymore because right, uh,
0: yeah. it has its own power.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I just uh, I don't yeah. I, I I unfriended him. Mm-hmm. I just left it all left it all behind. It was just too much, too much, too much, and I'm just like, no, man, you you, you mm-hmm. don't have good intentions. You've you've got way too big of an ego. You're you're a massive narcissist. You're you're like almost bordering on cult mentality personality here. You know, with uh, bringing all these people into your fold and. and i'm just like I, I don't want any part of this anymore so yeah so had to had to basically cut that cord mm-hmm. essentially yeah
0: yeah right literally well and that's a another way to do it uh, that's one of the rituals is a cord cutting ceremony where you you know go through the the steps ritualistically to cut the cord uh there's one we have one individual like that uh, that we've both had to do that with aaron and i and it's kind of painful because you see the potential well it's it is painful. oh my god yeah yeah you, you, the you know the potential and it's like know. now why does it have to be so filled with you all the time i, I mean it's not yeah. like this is not a typical uh friendship that's just gone awry because someone's being a douche. This is literally yeah. like these people are choosing darkness, and they think that they're the light, and they're yes. actively. Yes. They're oh act, my god! Yeah, yeah. Totally they're right. they're yeah. they're really into revenge, and they let you know it. Oh fuck! And, that. and they, <laughs> kinda, they brag about how they can basically put spells on people. That's the only mm-hmm. way to tell you. They brag about yep. the fact that they do evil magic. That they're yep. in. Dark magic, and um, that's you just cannot allow them to persuade you back in their life because they're really good about putting guilt on you for oh, basically yeah. either how they've turned at, out, uh, the fact that they've got bad luck, and it's all this weird manipulation to basically oh, man, oh get manipulation full account
1: yep. yeah yeah um, yeah it was interesting because uh, this guy just out of the blue I haven't. Spoken to him since uh, since I cut the cord, and he happened to phone me like, you know, what was that two weeks ago? (laughs) Just like, and everything he was saying was just like, oh man, I could see through all of what you're saying. He's trying to like pump himself up. I'm doing so good, blah blah blah. I'm on the right path, blah blah blah. I'm just like, no, no, you're not, dude. You're just, I don't know what. Angle you're playing here, or what game you are trying to try to play? But uh, there's a reason you called me, and it wasn't to just check up on your buddy. No, mm-hmm. So I, I cut that. Uh, I cut that phone call.
0: Uh, yeah. pretty short. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In fact, I even have the feeling just mentioning the story of this other person that just in mentioning who they could potentially be just like you would <laughs> i don't mean to be this dark but in in the same way you would mention a demon or a skinwalker that name their spidey tinkle uh, spidey senses start to tingle yeah and then nope. all of a sudden you'll get a text message or you'll get something out of the blue definitely definitely
1: um uh going back to one of my uh experiences uh oh wow it was a 15 year long experience that i had with uh with my ex uh claire and we multiple times met this entity it was energetic entity absolutely like holy crap this is like super powerful um super like had such a incredible presence to it And this wasn't just, like, at one particular location. This was, like, at the very tip of the south of the island where we first lived, and then we moved, and it followed us. Anyways, so I, I, after Claire and I split up, I was doing some work, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna actually. I'm curious about this entity. You know, what was that?" So I ended up uh, doing some inner journey work and going to meet this entity and ask it some questions. And I did get its name. Um, So a lot of other stuff happened after that. But uh, as soon as I got its name, I emailed Claire I was like hey yeah I did this work I I actually learned the the thing's name and she's like no don't even tell it to me I don't want to hear it and right when she said that I was like oh she doesn't want okay she doesn't want to know the name because she doesn't want to even think the name because even thinking the name would call this thing back to her
0: Right. That's heavy.
1: Yeah. No, that was a very, very, very heavy experience, uh, especially at the end there. Uh, you know, that might be a tale for another time, but, uh Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, um, in closing, uh, that was uh, worth revisiting. I listened to the podcast three times now. James. And, uh, Tony, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, um, into the tree is the episode definitely worth a listen. Also, I want to thank Mark Parker for calling in with his fresh encounter from the Almoon lab proper. And also a plug for a product here. I, uh, I sent you an image of the video quality from an item called psionics. It's color night vision. Uh, it's something I'm definitely thinking about, uh, eventually getting myself oh, yeah. uh, a brilliant toy. And the quality uh, that you can get for dropping about 500 bucks is pretty incredible. So uh, if you don't have night vision, you can still go outside and see some really incredible stuff in the sky. I think night vision... I know night vision helps you see in a different spectrum of light where you can see uh, UFOs for certain and probably orbs as well. But uh, there is uh, no reason that you shouldn't go out tonight or this morning to look for Elon Musk uh, Starlink, which if you have not seen the Starlink
1: (laughs) cruise across the sky. It's very weird. Oh, I I woke up at 4.30 this morning and and stepped outside and and there it was. I was like, "Oh, what? the... <laughs> okay, yeah, it's it's something totally different, totally different." Yeah,
0: and I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like it's Earth litter or uh, cosmic litter. And yeah, uh, the yeah. idea behind it is they're going to launch a whole bunch more of these, and uh, oh, like it's a, going like to like a
1: big whack, whack more of those. Yeah. Right, yeah, it'll be traffic
0: I, in the sky all night long. And if you're into astronomy, uh, this is really going to mess up your game.
1: Yeah, I mean, he does say that they're just in, like, a lower orbit now, and they, like, just for testing, and they'll actually go into a higher orbit and will be less visible, but with the amount of, like, satellites that he's talking about... Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah that's a lot of uh that's a lot of litter that's a lot of stuff up there i mean yeah
0: yeah you can look up the schedule for when it's flying over uh, your neck of the woods it's it's not a ufo but uh, man it's pretty interesting as far as uh you know just gazing stargazing so check out starlink Find that somewhere on Google for your own neck of the woods. Hey, we'll do it again next month, bro. And as always, Sounds good man. Good to have you on Ales and Tails once more. And, uh, of course, we'll be Wonderful. talking on and off uh, between now and then, of course. And, uh, have bet. a good night, dude. All right. You too. All right. Thanks again to Mark Parker for calling in and Alex for chiming in all the way from Quadra Island. Up in Canada. Don't forget, again, that's coming up this week, April 18th and 19th. Go to Strange Brow Radio. Click on Quarantine Webinars. And there are two options. 18th, Mystery of the Elongated Skulls and, I guess I should say, Mysteries of the Elongated Skulls. Also, check out the Quantum Bigfoot Language on the 19th. All those are on there. Check them out. I think $6.99 is uh, the price for Quantum Bigfoot donation for uh, Marcia K. Moore and Brian Forrester on the Mystery of the Elongated Skulls, and the PayPal information is on that as well. We're working on new ones coming up here for the end of April, beginning of May. I'll let you know more about that as we go along. That's it. Um, everyone, you know, what can I say? We're all kind of stuck in this situation. One big happy quarantine pure old slightly rashy family. So uh, without going into all the messy details about our own issues here, y'all take care of yourself and as always one, two, three, I will see you in the trees.